Hello and welcome to episode 10 of View from the Sideline podcast. I'm Chris. Hello, Rich. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. And uh, uh, Back again. Yeah, back again. It's got really yeah, quick. Yeah, quick wait. It, is, it has been a quick wait. Um, yeah, so uh, what is coming up this week? Uh, so episode ten, I uh, can't believe we're on our double figure. Yeah, we've hit double already. figures. Yeah, yeah, we've we've survived this long. Uh, so this week we have uh, the weekly teaser. So uh, back to form last week with an incorrect answer. So uh, it's Chris's turn this week uh, to test my knowledge. Uh, we've got the return of the Premier League. So some really good. Uh, Matches over the weekend, so we'll be reviewing each of those. The summary of the EFL leagues, so we're carrying on with that. So that'll be from the weekend's games. Uh, our special topic this week is a topic that was suggested to us by um, one of the listeners. So this week we're going to be talking about ticket prices, then uh Predictions. So we've got predictions for the coming games this weekend. So we'll review those quickly. And then, as always, uh, we'll let you know what's coming up next week. So, Chris, if you want to go straight into the teaser, uh, right, see how so this week goes. See if you can get um, two in a row on, on the teaser. Uh, okay, so... Um, I did give you a rather easy one last time, so I'm hoping that this one is a little... I, I did take a punt at it. I did take a guess, so... Yeah. This week, I'm going to use my, my extensive knowledge to try and get this one right. Okay, right. So, so this is since the Premier League has, has, has started in night two. So, which team holds the current Premier League record for most away defeats in one season? Okay. So, um, yeah. Most so, away defeats in one so, season. Yeah, so who, who, which team is basically, which team has had the most away defeats in one Premier League season? Okay. So, with me, Chris. I'll I come will. back to you. So I've we got will... an inkling. I've got an inkling. I may go with my gut. Or I may, I may uh, put a bit more thought into it. I can't have you winning another one. <laughs> no. 2-0. There's no way back no. after that. Yeah. If you go two behind, considering there's like been one right answer, there'll be there'll be no hope. Okay, so we'll um, we'll go into the uh, Premier League weekend review. Um, so the Premier League was back this week uh, and there were some quite good games on but uh, we will start at Stamford Bridge for the Chelsea Manchester United game where else would we start Chris yeah probably the game of the weekend game of the weekend but obviously overshadowed by uh, some it's just over over exuberating uh, celebrations we say heat of the moment maybe not sure yeah I'm keen. I'm keen to get your opinion on it. Chris, I, I, I'll honest, give you as 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 a, as a Chelsea fan. I'll give you I a think... non-biased opinion if you want one. <laughs> okay, go on. Okay, because um, I'm not, I'm not sure on it to be honest. Because well, there's a there's been a lot of mixed debate about it about 
whether they're the Chelsea guys in the wrong or whether Mourinho's in the wrong or whether they're both in the wrong. So from from an unbiased but Chelsea fans point okay, of view. Okay, I'll just what, I'll just quickly I just want to quickly skim over the game quickly. Um so Sarri is the first Chelsea manager to not lose in his first nine Premier League games. Um, Chelsea should have killed the game off in the first half. There are plenty of chances. Man United didn't turn up. You know, United did well to get back into its second half. Martial played well. I thought that Chelsea's performance, it reminded me of, of what we were like last season. I thought it was very, you know, mirror imaged of last season's performances. And we, for the first time for a while, we actually looked quite shaky at the back. Um um, I'd, I'd say it's, I've the got... most, it, it's the most vulnerable I think I've seen Chelsea look this season. It was, yeah. And I was a bit annoyed as well with Alonso. For the first Man United goal, he, he goes down he goes down in the box and the build-up. And it's, I, it's one of those where he obviously is trying to get a free kick for it. But I think he's he's determined to get it. But then I think he takes it too far and he's he's there thinking, well, if I get up, it's going to look like that I'm a bit stupid. So if I stay on the floor, you know, maybe I will still get a free kick. But it just annoyed me a bit. That, uh... I thought, I, for, from, a, from a neutral view, I thought that all of the... I think probably as 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 an overall, I thought the defending for pretty much all of the goals was was pretty poor. Yeah. Um, I don't think either team sort of covered themselves in glory with it, especially the 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 United equaliser. Chelsea had probably two or three chances to get the ball out of the box, and when they do get it out of the box, it almost just seemed to fall to a United player on the edge of the area, and then they score from it. Um, and even the, the the second one, I mean, I don't think one matters sort of known for his pace, but Louise commits himself on the right hand yeah. side. Yeah, it was, of it was stupid. Like he went and in then, and he just completely yeah, missed it. And he he sort of puts the ball across, but for me, the ball travels the whole way across the area without a Chelsea player sort of near the ball. Didn't really look too many Chelsea players in the box, to be honest. No, well, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Louise has committed himself, so he's massively out of position. And yes, it's a good finish for Martial, but I, I can't help but think it's it's more poor defending. And then the equaliser, I, I think that's one of the things that United have really struggled with last this this season, and we've spoken about it before. The ball comes off the post. And no one reacts. No one reacts to yeah. it at all. We've got three three United players just almost stood, stand, stood still, yeah. yeah. And then Barkley just just sort of needs to tap it in. Um, I don't know whether that maybe that's part of what annoyed Mourinho as well. But well, we'll, we'll go on to you, the yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I, was, wanna... I was just going to say, I think I think it was probably a fair result. I think if you're a if you're a United fan, you're probably annoyed that you've let one in in the last minute when it it was so easily preventable. Um, and from the first half, Chelsea Chelsea probably edged it. So I think overall a draw was probably a fair I, result. Yeah, well, I was che- Chelsea would probably be happier with it. I was happy with the draw. I think after being two one down, and then it 
seeing the clock ticking, ticking, and then it, you know, 90 minutes, and then you think, oh, God, it's not going to happen, and then, yeah, then it does happen. Just, and then... on, on the defending bit, something I didn't realise, United have let in 16 goals already this season. Yeah. Man City, City have let in three. City and Liverpool have only let in three, but 16 three goals, goals yeah. in nine games is unheard of for United. That's, that's they need to, partly why, they, why where they are in the league, really. Yeah, they need to buy Lloris, mate. Get rid of that De Gea. All right, stop trying to bring this back to <laughs> mate. So we'll just quickly go through what happened in the end of the game. So from my point of view, um, I think probably Iani is probably over-celebrated a bit too much. I think he obviously initially goes past Mourinho, and I think Mourinho just kind of thinks, oh, well, yeah, and uh, I think it's the fact that he then comes back past him. He's obviously said something to him or he's he's shouting or, or something. I think that's obviously got on Mourinho's book. But what I didn't know, this guy, Iani, I think, isn't it? Is it Iani? I think, I think it was me. I, I, I don't think many people knew his name. He's, well, he's an analyst. I didn't know this. He's an analyst and he sits in the, he sits in the ground for 75 minutes and then he has the option as part of the backroom staff to come down to the bench so i didn't realize this good good decision at the weekend to do that then but yeah he came down and then i'll see he's a very overexcited analyst isn't he well yeah he obviously takes his job very seriously (laughs) but i think the i think what i think what happened happened and i think you know, Sari, Sari apologised. I think you saw on. I don't know if you seen match of the day. Yeah, I saw that he apologised. He apologised after the game, and then obviously the I. Don't way, think... Yeah, carry on. Sorry. Sorry. The way I the way I saw it was when when it initially happened, I didn't think too much of it really, and I think the reason I didn't really think too much of it because. Mourinho's probably been guilty of doing things like that in the past. That's what uh, that's what was in the back of my mind. If it was Mourinho, what, would he have done something? You know, I think he'd yeah, be but, known uh, to I do think it he anyway. did it at Old Trafford, didn't he? For yeah. was it Porto against United? And then I think he did it at, at Barcelona with with Inter Milan or someone, or maybe it's even Chelsea. I'm not sure. So it, it must he must have said something on the way back that that sort yeah. of that sort of riled him up a bit, but I'm not sure if it's been released or there's any rumours about what he actually said, but I think it was a bit of, bit of handbags, really. It, was, it probably, it, it took the shine, I think, of what was probably a really good game. Well, yeah, because obviously, I think at the time when it happened, it wasn't very clear on what actually had happened and no one really, was really... I think if you were in the stadium, you'd be thinking, well, what, you know, what's happening? Why yeah, are they not absolutely. kicking off? But, you know, at the end of the well, day, it was all, a, all settled down. Now, it was a draw. Basically. And I think, I think both, you know, I think, I think Chelsea apologised to Mourinho. Um, and I've seen now as well that they're going to charge the guy as well. So mm. I think he'll be in trouble with Chelsea as well. Cause they, I see they released a statement saying that he, he was he performed under what they would call their level of uh, of what, what they were looking for. But I yeah, think they'll, um, I um, think they're going to take away his option for his fifteen minutes on. Yeah, the I think he'll be staying in the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to have to stay in his seat. Keep, keep analysing from your seat. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll move on. Um, 
to the Bournemouth Southampton game. Uh, really, not a lot really to say about this game. <laughs> it wasn't, no, it's, for, me, think, for me, it's the same old story for Saints. I'm afraid. I know we say it every week. Striker, um, and they just need someone up up there that's going to score them goals. But, I, but, but the, I the, Aust- at the Aust- two Aust- teams, they were probably the better of the two teams on the day. Yeah, but the, the thing, the thing that confuses me a bit with this game is, so I, yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I think Saints. On on the whole, were probably the better side. Austin had a had um, I think he had a couple of chances. One really good one where his touch let him down going around the keeper. Yeah. And then uh, Gabbiadini both uh, Gabbiadini had a good chance in the um, in the last in the last minute. But so a lot of what I've heard over the weekend was that it was a good result for Saints, but. Is it? I'm, yeah, this is what. So this is this is where I, this is where I kind of lose. I'm not too sure on it, because if it was, if they were the better team and they should have won, which is what a lot of people are saying, then surely a, a point isn't a good result. No, I I wouldn't have said it. That was a good result at all. For... I would have said. I would probably would have said. Because the, the, Bournemouth didn't play as well as they they can they do, have or been, as well no, as no. they have been playing this season. So I, I would say it's probably more of a, a better point for Bournemouth. Because although thought, they didn't play well, they picked up a point. That's exactly what I thought. I thought that I thought Eddie Howe would be would be happy that or they got a point and that they kept the clean sheet at the same time. But for Southampton, yeah, they need they need to be winning these sorts of games where they do have more of the chances. But like you said, week in, week out, I don't think it's going to change. But that, that's, that's no win in five now for Saints. And you know you know who they've got this week? So they've got Newcastle at home. I mean, that's, a, that's sort of turned into a Ooh. massive game already. Lovely. This early in the season. Yeah, that'll be a good game. But uh, yeah, unfortunately for me, it's... A, it's it's sort of the same problem for Saints. They just need someone that's going to um, that's going to score them goals. They're very neat. They're very tidy. They play nice football, but I said um, they don't have they don't have any sort of end product. I said at the start of the season, Danny Ings wouldn't wouldn't perform well enough for them, but um, I had to retract that statement three weeks in after he scored two free goals for them. I think <laughs> <laughs> he will get goals for them. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna get. Do you think they have they have strikers? Stage. But do you think all their strikers are just the same sort of player? I don't. I, I think I think Danny Ings and Charlie Austin are quite similar. I think Shane Sh- Shane Long. I mean, oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to sound really harsh, but I think championship probably, yeah, player. Yeah, I'll say didn't he go something like a year without scoring or something ridiculous like that? I mean, I know he's a good player, but I mean, he is different to, to the other strikers they've got. Yeah. Gabbiadini, I mean, they spent quite a bit of money on him and I think he started pretty well, but I just don't think he's, he's playing. I, I, I think, forgot he was even there, to be honest. And I think the thing with Saints is... The way I the, the way I see it is because you because I know the um, the Monaco manager's been being linked with them, isn't he? If if Hughes was to leave, because with Henri taking over him, uh, I didn't realise they're second from bottom, aren't they, Monaco? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. but 
he, he's being linked, but I just I'm not sure what they're going to do in January. Whether they're going to they almost seem to have run out of players that they can sell for a lot of money. Yeah, they need that. They need the academy to yeah, produce so some more players. The, the Walcotts, the Chamberlains, the yeah. Bales, the Van Dykes, the, <laughs> Wanyama, yeah. even Tadic has gone. I yeah, mean, I if they needed to sell them, yeah. to them buy, I'm not sure who they're going to get rid of. But. Yeah. But I yeah. But okay. So the uh, Cardiff Fuller get Fulham game next. So two of the teams that came up. From the championship, um, what, well, what a game really! I think for the neutral, uh, it was a very good game. Um, some good goals, but some equally poor defending. I think from both sides. Um, I think especially from from Fulham's side as well. I think. I think the, <laughs> so. For me, there's two things. The the first thing is the. The the result and the way Fulham played is is probably the reason why why I tipped them to go down. Yeah, but they they just can't defend. So did you see their defend? He's called Tim Ream. Did you you must have seen him because he was involved in pretty much every Cardiff goal. He the Fulham defender Tim Ream seemed to be playing a part of it. And one one of the goals he slipped. I, mean, I don't think any of their defenders had a great game. Oh, Callum, Ch- Callum Chambers made a mistake. I think he was quite lucky. I think even Warnock said after the game that he felt that Chambers... I think he, he held one of the players back and he was thrown goal. And yeah, I think he, 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 a, yeah, it's one of those. I wouldn't yeah. have been surprised at all if he'd been sent off. The, the goal that summed it up for me was when Cardiff went 2-1 up. I don't know if you remember the goal, but there was—I think there was three Cardiff players. They were probably about twenty-five yards out, and they this had a free Reed, kick. Reed scored that, yeah, and they one. were going to—they um, looked like they were going to do some sort of fancy free kick routine, like flick it up and volley yeah. it in from twenty yards out, etc. And they just completely messed it up. And then the ball must have ricocheted. No. I, Fulham got the ball back on the edge of the area. Then they lost it. Then they lost it, yeah. And then the ball took a couple of uh, ricochets and fell to the Fulham guy who, um, was it Reed, the striker? Yeah, I think it's it's Reed. And he he was sort of one-on-one and put it in. But that kind of summed the game up for me. It was just, it was almost Keystone Cop sort of, sort of a game. But yeah, Fulham, Fulham's defence is terrible. Every, every game I see them... They get worse. It's, it's their right-hand side. And it was the same against Arsenal. Yeah. And it was the same against Cardiff. So that's, I think that's eight goals in in two games. I think that it's something like 25 in total they've let in so far, Fulham. But down their right-hand side, if you've got... A, if you're the attacking side and you're strong down the left, you're going to have a field there against Fulham. Any manager listen to this, look. Rich has just given you a free. Yeah, tip. but they just leave absolute <laughs> acres of space down think, their right hand side. Yeah, I think well, this is this this is no discredit to Cardiff because I even tweeted about it after the game, saying, "Well, under Cardiff for, for winning that game, uh, you cannot be conceding four, four goals to a team 
that have only scored four goals in the whole of the league. Yeah, they, they doubled their tally, didn't they? Before so that's, the game. That's, that's, why, that's why I worry for Fulham. Yeah, I, I, I didn't actually put them to go down, but I think, you know, I think they, there's going to be, a, they play, they're they going to be in nice big trouble. They do play nice football. They're, they're, they're nice on the eye, but defensively, they're, they're all over the place. Right, so next up we've got the uh, Man City-Burnley game. Um, I just want to quickly talk about the tackle by company in the 38th second. a red card. <laughs> that was a nasty tackle. Uh, how a red card. How if he's not happens, been sent if happens, off. If that happens 35 minutes in rather than 35 seconds, he gets a red card. That was a sho- It was a shocking tackle, wasn't it? It is really, really bad. I don't really think bad. he meant it necessarily, but I mean... He, he obviously he, he miscontrolled the ball or he couldn't get the ball under control. It, he obviously sees Lennon coming towards him. He, it's almost like he's stretching to, to to try and get the ball. He just sort of takes a chunk out of his thigh. It's a definite red card. I would Can't. have said red. But obviously after that, Man City go on and punish Burnley, really. Um I think we've been saying this week in, week out, aren't we, about Man City, about just the way that they go about playing football. Mm. And the scary it's thing just... is De Bruyne's back. Yeah, I see he came on, that's, didn't he? That's the scary yeah. thing. Yeah. They just, um, Mares. I mean, he can hit one in the top in the top corner from 25 yards, but he can't hit the target from 12. I mean, I, I thought Mares had a really good game. He did, yeah. But do you think, do you think it will be him that loses his place? Now De Bruyne is. I don't know if De Bruyne that because obviously we're recording this. The Champions League games are on. Did De Bruyne start tonight? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure if he did, but I can check. I can tell you they won three nil. Three nil in the end, was it? Yeah, and uh, Juventus have uh, beaten Man United one nil. No goal for Ronaldo though. Uh, yeah, De Bruyne did start today. He, did start, yeah. he, did, he didn't play the 90 minutes. He did come off. Um, I'm not. Through. I'm not sure whether it'll be whether it'll be Mares. I think, but I mean, Sterling didn't play, did he? So no. I, well, I mean, I think, there's going to there's going to be some element of rotation. I think it might be Bernardo. So I think he's been pleased in playing good work. So I quite like him. But, um, but they'll all get a turn. Think, the, the, I, the other thing about that game is the second goal. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's two there's two there's two lessons for that. I think from a Bernie perspective, you've got to play. Play to the whistle. And. I mean, I think the linesman even apologised after the game that he that he switched off for like a split uh, But that that ball was out of play. It was out of play. And there was I players think, off the pitch. The ball was out. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, I know, crazy. I know it was one nil, and uh, the, the the sort of message from the Burnley camp was that it was it was a game changing decision at one nil. They were still in the game, etc. I mean, I'm not. I don't think it. I don't think they were. <laughs> you, you'll never, you'll never know whether they would have gone on. Yeah, yeah. Um, to get anything from the game, and the fact they went two 0 down, and it was a bit of a dodgy decision, may have made their heads drop a bit, and that's why it ended up at five. But I mean, I actually felt a bit sorry for Joe Hart towards the end. He, he was a bit angry, wasn't he? At the I end, I've seen him uh... badly, but he didn't have a chance with any of the goals. And City could have scored three or four more, to be honest. I'm just a bit glad they didn't. It would have been a bit awful if they'd scored like nine or something like that. 
but they've got Spurs next anyway, so... Uh, oh, they'll, they'll be able to get nine at uh, the weekend, though, won't they? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, uh, uh, next... I'm, not, I'm not here next week, Chris, by the way. Oh, why is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, just in case, yeah. Okay, so next, the Newcastle-Brighton game. Uh, yet another defeat for Newcastle in probably one of those games that they'll probably look back on, maybe if they go down and think that they should have won that. Especially after I looked at the stats to see that they're 27 shots, six on target, but again, no goals. I'm not sure what you thought about that, Rich. Well, yeah, I mean, I would I would challenge anybody to to find a more one-sided stat sheet than, than there was in that game. Uh, I think everything from like possession down to attempts at goal to corners was just so heavy in, in Newcastle's favour. But I, I guess you, you could you could say they were unlucky not to win that game. I mean, Brighton were pretty solid at the back. I mean, they didn't offer an awful lot going forward. But the the, the, the probably the thing that strikes me with Newcastle is you can't say they've been l- unlucky all season. They just they just haven't been good enough. Um, I mean, Rondon, for example. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I remember the first game they played against Spurs. Rondon looked pretty good. And I thought he he might be the sort of striker that they've been after for a while that's going to get you sort of 10 to 15 goals. <laughs> but he seems to have completely gone off the boil again now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Newcastle, no wins. I mean, they're already three points from, from safety. So something needs to give there. I mean, f- fair play to Brighton. I thought no, they no. played well. I'm not... Out of the, there's, um, there's an argument to say they 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 didn't deserve to win because of the stats Newcastle put up, but if you wow. don't score, you're not going to win. Exactly. Well, um, as what Newcastle, the only team in the top um, top five leagues in England to have not picked up a single point at home this season. Mm. But well, uh, do you know the last time they won, Chris? The last game they won uh, was actually at home. It was at home, was it? Uh, hang on. I'm having a bad... I've, I've got a bad feeling. It was against Chelsea, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. back in May. I think they Free won 3-0. Nil. Nil. That, yeah. that was the last last competitive game they won. Oh. Thanks, so, yeah, <laughs> so, 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 Something's got to improve for them. You, you can't have 27 attempts. Um, I think the only thing that's going to improve improve that is spending money, and I, I just don't think Mike Cash is going to do that. I think Benitez might jump ship. I, I think wouldn't... it's getting I think it's getting to that stage where I, I, I can't. I, I I think Newcastle were the the prime example of a team that are too good to go down, but I I think that's kind of gone now. I don't I don't think you can say that anymore. The, <laughs> the way they're playing, they're just not good enough. They're not good enough at this level. Okay, so the uh, West Ham Spurs game, uh, Rich, I'll let you talk us through this one. Um, the only thing I would say about this game is I thought that West Ham were a little bit unlucky not to get something from it, but then I would say that New, uh, that Tottenham um, actually did play quite well, to be honest. I'd, I'd, I'd agree. Oh, yeah, I'd agree with that. I th- one thing that I think is being overlooked from a Spurs point of view is actually their best start to a Premier League season after nine games. 
which isn't something that's really being being spoken about. But I think that sort of shows that, I mean, they had a bit of a wobble with the two games that they lost, but that they've actually had a pretty decent start. For me, the, the Yarmolenko injury sort of changed the game a bit, which was a bit of a shame for West Ham because he's been in good form the last the last three or four games. He's been playing really well. Just a quick note um, on that Yarmolenko thing. Did you see that they got a vehicle to pick him up, take him off? I thought that was quite jazzy. Yeah. Did, they do, quite good, did, did they do the same thing for Glenn Murray in the Newcastle game? I thought, where have yeah, all these vehicles I, I come from all of a sudden? It's a bit European, isn't it, this? Well, it's very, yeah, it's American, isn't it, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very uh, very American football. Well, I don't know, maybe... Um, well, with all the money they're making, they... Uh, Just think well if that's your job, job to drive the buggy, that is your actual job title, buggy driver. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Well, it depends who you're picking up. Yeah, plus you might not get that. Well, I don't know. A lot of players get taken off. Now I was going to say you might not get um get a lot of work. But anyway, we digress, Chris. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I thought the injury was a bit of a shame. Uh, good goal from Spurs. Uh, it was good build up from Trippier and Sissoko, which I I never thought I'd say about Sissoko in a Spurs shirt. Uh, sort of a a good one too, and then a, a decent ball and. A good finish from Lamella, uh, which I think from a Spurs fan's point of view, it's been good because he's actually um, showing a bit of form as to why they paid so much money for him. So, do you think, think he's a little bit underrated, Lamella? Yeah, I, I do, but I don't think he's he's been that great at Spurs. I thought he was decent at Roma when they bought him. And then unfortunately, I think he got caught up in all that hype when they, they bought all the players with the Gareth Bale money. Um, but I mean, he's having a decent season. I think, especially with with Ali and Ericsson. I know Ericsson was on the bench for this game, but when they're all fit, I think Pochettino's going to have some tough decisions to make um, within the Spurs midfield. But just just for your point, yeah, I mean, West Ham had some some really good chances. Um, so yeah, they probably were unlucky, but Loris made some absolutely yeah. The save games. he made from uh, Arnautovic was a very he, good save. He had such a good game. And yeah, it, it, I think it almost shows that, like with goalkeepers, that so, some of their saves are worth a goal. Really, the way he played yeah. was almost like Spurs getting a second half goal, a second goal. Sorry, but um. He he was brilliant. Three clean three clean sheets in a row for Lloris. Do you know? It may interest you. He, he's only conceded two goals all season. Well, he's Lloris. been good in the last three uh, three games, mate, because he's probably sobered up a little bit now. So <laughs> very funny, very funny. But yeah, I know he was injured, and I know he didn't play because of some off-field problems. Injured? But, uh, <laughs> well, no, he did have an injury. He did have yeah, an injury. Right. But the it's only the first two games. So the Newcastle and Fulham, they're the only games that he's um, conceded in. Just one in each game. He hasn't conceded a goal since he's come back. Um, but it's it's a game Spurs probably would have crumbled in a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago. But uh, with my Spurs head on, it was a great win, especially when sort of West Ham turned United over at home a couple of weeks ago. But yeah. From a neutral perspective, I thought West Ham probably did deserve something out of it. They played well. They just Lloris was just in good form. 
Okay, so the uh, Wolves Watford game next. Now, I think that this result might have shocked a few people. I think obviously with Watford winning the game. Um, to be honest with you, it, it was almost like watching a completely different Wolves side. Is they never got going, and I think to concede two goals in such quick succession, I think you know, I think they were caught with their heads between their tails, whatever it's, the expression is. I think they were a bit um, all over the place straight from kick off to literally concede another goal. I don't I think the, the manager would be too happy. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. One thing that I, that I do, and I do like Wolves, um, but a, a, a sort of interesting stat that came out of this game, that was the, um, he's named the, the same starting 11 for nine straight games now, which is a Premier League first. So I think that just shows the sort of confidence he's got in the players. I thought the first goal, when when you sort of watched it, what watched it live, you thought the keeper sort of, he should have saved it. Yeah, yeah. But when you see it from the angle, sort of straight on with a goal, Kapu hits it so hard and so sort of sweetly. And I just think he's unsighted. But then to to to, to get a second 58 seconds later, and a great finish, by the way. It was, yeah. Uh, for the second goal, I think it was almost game over. I thought, I, I mean, there was a bit of me that thought Wolves would have and probably well, should have come back into it, but... I don't think they really troubled Ben Foster. I, I can't. No. I can't really remember a well, save. I think that's sort of decent save he had to make. One thing that one thing that Wolves have struggled on a little bit is is goals. I think because they they haven't scored that many, considering they've won so many games. I think a lot no, of their they, wins have been by the odd goal. Um, yeah, they haven't. But I would I would certainly argue that to say that whenever I've seen them. They they always look like they've got a goal in them. They always look like they're going to score. They're not going to score three or four, no. but they always look dangerous enough that they're going to score. But it, it's I think I think the sort of the, the manager summed it up afterwards. I think it was probably the most disappointing performance they've had this season. It, it was definitely the shock result of me for the weekend. I yeah, didn't see yeah. Watford winning that. Okay, so Huddersfield Liverpool next. Um, Daniel Sturridge starts a game for Liverpool in the Premier League. Uh, didn't, I didn't That's think we'd first. be saying that <laughs> last season, but he's he's almost rejuvenated his career, I think, in the last sort of like two months, and I think that because he he was voted Liverpool Player of the Month as well. So you know they they obviously. Still see like Jurgen Klopp still sees him in his plans at the moment. Whether they go out and buy another striker in January, I'm not sure. I don't don't necessarily think they need to. The thing that the 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 thing I took from this one was, and I don't I don't think Liverpool actually played that well. And I thought Huddersfield were actually. I thought Huddersfield were unlucky. Yeah. Not not to take anything from it, but. For the first time in quite a while, I actually think that Liverpool have got a lot better squad depth than they've had in the past. And I know Shakiri set up the goal, and I thought I thought he played pretty well to be at, to, to be honest with you. And I know Mane was out; that's probably why Shakiri was playing. But for, for, maybe for that reason alone, I just think Liverpool have got 
I think they're better equipped this year to actually have a proper go at the cha- at the title. And the fact they they didn't really play that well, like I said, I think Huddersfield were pretty unlucky not to get anything out of it. But Liverpool still won. It's yeah, the first yeah. time in a while they've won ugly. It, it it probably is. I just feel a bit sorry for Huddersfield. I thought they did have a few good chances, and I think even the manager said after the game, he said, you know. Any other day, they might have, they might have actually come out with a win on that one. Mm. Um, there was a it, shout uh, for a handball by Milner, uh, but I, I didn't think, think that was nothing in that one to be honest. But um, Liverpool at at points defend defensive wise, not one of their greatest defensive performances this season, but they still ended up keeping a clean sheet. So I think I think Klopp would have been happy with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was happy from the by the performance. I think you could see on the sideline that he was getting pretty frustrated. Yeah, and I think he pretty much said as much in in his post match interview that it, it, he's happy with the result, but he's not necessarily happy with the performance. I, I feel I feel a bit for Huddersfield. I, I I do like them. I like the manager, but if you, if you're not scoring goals and you're not picking up points, you, you haven't really got a lot going for you but I think he's got enough credit at the club that he's not going to necessarily be under any sort of pressure I'd say he's probably one of the safest managers in the league I'd say yeah I'd say so but still you for such for, for such a nice guy and for such sort of a nice club you, you don't want to see him getting sort of getting smashed every week no. they were unlucky they were unlucky I think if they'd got a point I don't think anyone would have argued with it Okay, so the uh, Everton Palace game, which happened on Sunday, it was one of those games where not a lot really happened until until the end of the game, really. Um, I, but I would say this: I would say that had Everton not scored those goals, I think they would have probably ended up kicking themselves that they hadn't actually won the game because they they did dominate possession at, at times and. They did have a, a, some very good chances throughout the game, um, but again for, for Palace, just, just they just desperately need an, another striker. Like they cannot rely on Zaha week in week out to provide for that team, and just you yeah, know the I, other saw, I saw players. I saw Connor Wickham was back on the bench. So I think I think it's his first the first time he's been in the match day squad for quite a while, and I, I quite I quite like him as a striker. So maybe there's something to say that I mean he he could be he has he's had a lot of injuries since he joined Palace, but I mean he could be the one to kick start them. But well, they they I've, just need they just need something, someone or something to help them put, push them a little bit going forward. Because to be fair, Evan didn't didn't play that well but uh, Palace didn't play well at, at all probably one of the worst performances they they've had I'll tell you my view is I think I think Zaha will go will go in January and the reason I think he'll go is because I think Palace will probably want to cash in on him while well, they can get top yeah. money for him and then and then they'll rebuild so, whenever I watch Palace and I don't I, I'm really conscious of just constantly repeating it myself but anything that 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 crystal palace do from an attacking perspective comes through him it has so to, if they've they, got yeah 
if they have a chance, it's because he's created the chance or because he's been fouled and they've got a free kick or he's won a corner. Everything seems to go through him. And I know he's got a bit of a reputation. I thought it was a definite penalty. It, yeah, I, w- I will say this. It was. It did look... But if you're Roy Hodgson, you, you're you're pulling your hair out because you've you've pretty much. I thought Palace played okay in the respect of they contained Everton for for long periods of that game, and then you're not going to get a better chance than a penalty. And it was. I thought it was. I thought it was an awful penalty because Pickford Pickford goes quite early, but he should. Yeah, yeah. It still goes low and down the middle, and I. I thought it was a terrible penalty. I thought it was such such a waste, and for all the hard work that they did, did you see? I got quite annoyed by it. I don't know why I got annoyed by it, but I just thought it was terrible. Did you see Hodgson's face? Yeah, but I felt for him. I felt, honestly, Chris, I felt for him. Uh, I couldn't. Understand. I couldn't figure out whether he was really upset or whether he was he was literally on the verge of killing. Someone. Yeah, and all like the com the commentators were saying he, he's he's normally such a good penalty taker. Yeah, and I just kind of thought well, that that what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> when, when it matters in a game, I mean, he's put one. Don't give me it's a it's a decent save from Pickford. I mean, he goes early, he goes to his left, but he sort of does. I don't think he dies full stretch, so he he still saves it with his feet, and then. To compound it even more, the Everton first goal, and I, I actually paused it. I paused the, the TV when the cross came in. There was nine Crystal Palace players in the box, yet the guy had a free header. I think it was nine against five, and Calvert-Lewin has a free yeah. header. I good just, header, though. It was a good header, yeah. but... They they can't defend like that. That if Palace, I sound quite passionate. I don't know. I don't know. Are you are you a secret Crystal Palace? Is this the is the whole Tottenham thing just as you know, just to cover up that you are a huge Crystal Palace fan? I do like Palace, but where 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 I'm trying to like draw a definition is Newcastle, for example. I don't. I don't necessarily think they're playing well enough to deserve to get any points. But the frustrating thing with Palace is, I thought they played all right. And it, they were all. I would. Uh, yeah. They they played all right. They were all they, right. I thought they nullified Everton quite quite well. I don't think Everton were offering that much of a threat. I mean, they had a couple of good chances, but then you get a penalty and you miss it, and then just absolute basic defending. You're, I think was it the 84th minute they scored something so like the that. It was the 84th and the 86. Yeah. They weren't very far apart. But. And then you're you're one nil down. If if Palace had held on for a point there, I would have said that was a good result. Not necessarily like the Saints and Bournemouth. I would have said that would have been a good result for Palace. But and their next four games: Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, and United. So all right then. They've got easy no. three points against Spurs and then the rest they'll just lose, won't they? I'm a Palace fan, Chris. That has no effect on <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> but I just, I, just, I almost and I'm not a massive Roy Hodgson fan. I just felt a bit sorry for him. I just thought all that work and it just sort of got undone by 
by by a poor penalty and then poor defending. Anyway, rant over. I put my soapbox <laughs> away. <laughs> okay, so the last game of uh, the weekend came last night. It was the Arsenal-Leicester game. Uh, Arsenal coming from behind to win that game. Um, but when you... I, I criticised Arsenal probably about five weeks ago now about the lack of that Aubameyang was scoring. Since then, I think he's pretty much scored in every single game since. So, yeah. Um, Ar- but Arsenal they just Arsenal just keep winning at the moment, don't they? They just yeah. I think since they since they lost to Chelsea, I think they've won every game. Yeah. I mean, even Ozil, and I mean, I'm not. I'm not his biggest fan. I think I think he's pretty overrated, to be honest. But a good I mean, game. yeah, even if he even he's playing well, so things are going good for Arsenal at the moment. They're scoring goals. I just think uh, it took it took them time just to get used to what the manager was trying to do with the tactics. Because I remember, you know, they they at the start of the season they were playing it out from the back a lot, and the defenders and the goalkeeper didn't look as you know they weren't. No, I mean, they look like they were that into the, the tactics, but now I think they've all had a good go at it. They've obviously trained well using those tactics now. And I think, as you can see in the last sort of six, seven games, it's definitely paid off. Yeah, I'd be interested to see when they when they play one of the so-called big boys, because I think if you take away City and Chelsea, the first two games they've played... I'm not. I'm not sure who the highest placed team is that, that, that they've come up against since yeah, then. They, yeah, but I say even so. But, I, think yeah, they, I mean, they've dominated the games that they've been yeah, playing. They have, and everybody's know. got to play everybody. So just the way the fixtures fall, they might be getting these games out of the way, but they're winning them. But that that will be the test to see how far they've come when when they sort of play a Liverpool, when they play a United, when they play a Spurs. That will be. That'll that'll show you how far they've come, but yeah, I'd, you you can't fault Arsenal at the moment. You Definitely put a team not, in front of them the and moment. they beat them, so fair play to them. Yeah, good win for them. So that was the review of the Premier League. Uh, so next up, we've got the summary of the lower leagues. So Rich has got the Championship and League One. Yep. So in the so there were some Championship games tonight. Uh, while we were recording, so we haven't got the the, the updated tables etc. from that. But this is from the uh, the weekend's game. So in the uh, championship, so three of the top six lost over the weekend, meaning there were there were a few changes at the top. Uh, Middlesbrough are top on goal difference after a two-one win away at Sheffield Wednesday. That was from the match that was played on Friday night. Uh, so on the back of that, Sheffield United have dropped to second. They lost 2-1 at Derby uh, in the late kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Derby are up to fifth after that win. West Brom and Leeds in third and fourth also both lost. West Brom dropped to a 1-0 defeat away at Wigan, who are now up to eighth. And Leeds lost 2-1 away at Blackburn, who, who are now sitting seventh place. Uh Normal service at the bottom, to be honest. Uh, none of the bottom three picked up a win. It was only Hull City in 23rd place who picked up anything. They got a point with a 1-1 draw at home to Preston. 
Uh, Preston currently only outside the relegation zone on goal difference. Uh, Millwall in 22nd. They stay in the bottom three after losing 3-1 away at 19th place Reading. And Ipswich make up the bottom three uh, in last place. They lost 2-0 at home to QPR. Um, the thing that strikes me, Chris, just, just, just from a brief summary on the championship, is how many... Um, Ex Premier League clubs are still in the Championship and yeah. sort of yeah. almost established in the Championship. There's sort of that. I mean, some of them may go down. Ipswich, for example, they're having a terrible season. But but people like Hull, people like Reading, people like QPR, they're sort of all all in the bottom half. Maybe not as much of a threat of relegation, but it, it's just full of old Premier League clubs. The Championship. Well, it's hot. It's hot. It's a Difficult league to get out of, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think absolutely. if you don't, if you go down and you don't come up in the first season, I think, I think you're, you're more yeah, likely you to struggle. Be in a bit of trouble. You might yeah. stay there for a while. Um, so on to League One. So, so Portsmouth extended their lead at the top to six points. Now uh, they beat uh, Fleetwood, who are in eleventh. They beat them one nil at home, and second place Peterborough lost at home to Accrington Stanley who are now up to fourth. Peterborough have now only won one of their last five games after a really good run of form earlier on. Third place, Sunderland won 2-0 away at Shrewsbury, and they've still got the uh, game in hand that was postponed from last week over Peterborough, and they're only one point behind. So if they win that, they'll leapfrog them into second place. Barnsley and Doncaster make up the playoff places in fifth and sixth, but neither managed to win at the weekend. Barnsley losing 2-0 at Charlton, and Doncaster shared a six-goal thriller in a three-all draw at home to Gillingham. At the bottom, only Oxford managed to pick anything up at the weekend. They got a point in a 0-0 draw away at Bristol Rovers. Uh, Bristol Rovers, with that point, actually moves them out of the bottom four. Mm. <laughs> not a fan uh, Wimbledon are in 21st they suffered their fourth defeat in a row losing 2-0 away at Blackpool um, I know we mentioned it a week or so ago but Blackpool have still only lost one game all season yet they're 13th in the table it's crazy just drawing too many games uh, Bradford are second to bottom they lost 2-0 at home to Rochdale and bottom placed Plymouth lost 3-2 at home to Burton it was 2-2, but uh, Burton got a 84th-minute winner. So that's Ouch. League One. Ouch. Yeah, okay. good. So uh, we'll move on to League Two. Uh, Lincoln remained top. Uh, they only managed to draw at home to Cambridge. That ended 1-0. Uh, but Lincoln were down to 10 men for the majority of that game if they had a player sent off within the first 25 minutes. Uh, second place X also drew. Uh, they drew 0-0 with Grimsby. MK Dons, they beat Northampton by a goal to nil and pushed themselves into third place. Newport moved down to fourth after losing 4-1 away to Crawley. And that now puts Newport back onto a negative goal difference. I don't know if you remember me saying earlier on in the season that they were second and they had a negative goal difference, but they clawed it back to neutral goal difference, but now back into minus three. So, um, fifth 
Colchester. They beat Morecambe 1-0 and Tranmere 6. They were held to a 0-0 draw against Yeovil. Um, Bury move into the playoff places after a 4-0 win against Notts County. Uh, bottom side, Macclesfield registered their first win of the season. They came from behind to beat Carlisle 2-1. They scored two goals in the last 15 minutes to secure their first win of the season, but they do remain bottom of the league. Cambridge got a draw uh, against that top side, as we mentioned before. They remain second from bottom, and above them, Cheltenham also drew uh, against Forest Green. So uh, none of the bottom three actually lost this week. Two draws and a win. So they have clawed some points back on the teams above them. So uh, that was League Two, but some, I know you like a little bit of stat, Rich. I love a stat. I've got this one especially for you. Right, so of the 12 games that were played in League Two at the weekend, five were draws, three of which were nil-nil, the other two were one all, and four of the games ended one-nil. So there was not many goals at all in League Two this week. Um, but like Rich said, they have had games tonight, I believe. So yeah, I yeah, think there was games in all, in all three divisions tonight. They've changed a little bit, but yeah, that was uh, that was League Two. Um, so Rich, what's coming up in Part Two? Uh, so Part Two, we're going to look at our special topic this week, which is around uh, ticket prices. Uh, in football, uh, the cost of them, uh, how much clubs are making, etc. Then we will touch briefly on predictions and then we'll let you know what's coming up next week. So we'll see you in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of the podcast. Uh, where Rich did say just as we left uh, our topic this week is around ticket prices. Um, obviously, a lot has been said around ticket prices. Might have been one of the most talked about things in football, I think, over the last few years. And I think, I think personally, I think they've always been a major talking point. Um, and I, I think the cost to go watch a football game these days is is far too much for, for someone like myself to be able to, to go week in, week out. Um, I'm not sure about you, Rich. What, what, what are your thoughts? I just, for me, the, the, the issue I have with, with the ticket for, for, for football and predominantly the Premier League is just the, the, the complete inconsistency. Um so just 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 from doing a bit of research, so I came across a website, Goal.com, and what they've done is they they've published the highest price ticket and the lowest price ticket for every Premier League club um, this. Yeah. for this season. Yeah. And th- th- there is a bit of a pattern. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm right in sort of my assumption as to why, but. Arsenal sit top of this list with with a highest ticket price of ninety seven pounds. Now, that that I just find that truly unbelievable that that a, a Premier League club who who earn so, uh, assuming that that price is accurate that a Premier League club who earns so much money for 
the commercial sort of revenue streams. £97 to watch. I mean, I don't know the the sort of the extent of the seat you'll get, etc. Spurs are in second. Spurs is 95. Now, I'm not sure that's linked to Wembley. But I think, yeah, what, so stadium. when I read... But when I, can't, I, did, I can't imagine Wembley's that much. When I read it, it when I read... Because I've got something similar to what you've got, but I got off a different website. Um, and they actually did say that the reason was because it was Wembley, not because it's Tottenham. It's not, right, Tottenham okay. didn't have a choice when it so, came to the prices. So, so your top your top five are Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, West Ham, and Fulham. Now, Fulham are listed at seventy five pounds for for their most expensive ticket. But the the striking thing from that list is that they're all they're all London. They're clubs. all London clubs, yeah. Now, I don't know whether this because I don't know whether it's because you get a lot of a lot of tourism in London. Obviously, I guess the, the majority of the tourism into the country goes into London. And people want to watch Premier League football, so they can pretty much charge what they want because the, the the people that are here on holiday or or business or whatever that they'll pay these prices. But if you compare that, so bearing in mind you've got West Ham and Fulham in there, I mean you wouldn't class either of those as sort of within the top, probably well West Ham maybe, but the top six or eight within the Premier League. If you look at the other clubs, so Liverpool are listed at 59, Man City are listed at 58, and Man United are listed at 53. So, so almost half the price of oh, the top three, the London clubs, yeah. Which, which I just, I think, it might sound a bit harsh, I think it's a disgrace, really. I think you've got real, honest football fans in this country that have supported their fans through thick and thin, they... They they buy merchandise, they buy the kits every year, they they get membership through the club, they do all these things to, to try and support their club, but they're just literally priced out of going to watch them play. It's bad, isn't it? I, like, I, I messaged you, I think, when I was when I was looking at at this topic and I was getting into a bit more depth around the cost of the cost of it. Um, I actually messaged you saying it got me quite annoyed. Um, I just, I just think, like you said, like we've got honest football fans in this country that, you know, they would love to go watch their team week in, week out, but financially, it's just not a, a possibility. Um, I think even even if you live down the road, even if you live down the road or within walking distance of of the ground, or it's a short a short distance to travel, I think if you, if you total it all up, I think the ticket price, the, the average ticket price is is around sixty, around sixty quid. Then if you if you delve, I know it's sort of going off the ticket issue, but if you were to get something to eat, a drink, a program, and a souvenir, you, you're you're pushing well over a hundred quid. Well, I work, I work just out. just to go just to go and watch one game, but, and that's without any sort of expensive travel on top. Oh yeah, I reckon for for me to go to watch Chelsea, I think I'd be looking at around about a hundred and forty pounds all in, including travel. Um, and that's just for myself, you know. In in six seven years time, to pay me one hundred and forty pounds to go and watch them. In six seven years time, you know, when you know my children are 
you know are older you know, it, you know that 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 cost is going to probably double so you know you're going to be looking at near on 300 pounds just for one day which is a hell of a lot of money hell of a lot of money fans anyway chris so don't worry about that so, <sighs> but, so, so it'll be even more so i just you know i think i think more from my point of view i think going to watch football is is you know is not not a question i think if if you're given it as a gift as maybe a christmas or a birthday present i think that's the only way that i could possibly afford to go at the moment but Mm. i think with all the the stats it's, it's the stats behind it which which i find make the problem uh seem seem even worse so there there was an interesting there was an interesting article about the 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 clubs i don't know if it's a club or the league but they've they've published some numbers on the percentage of full stadiums last season so as an overall what percentage of the stadium was full on average for each game so the, the lowest one it may surprise you it may not but the lowest was spurs so they came out with a number saying that it was 75% at capacity on average over the season. Yeah. I know Wembley's got, got a huge attendance, so you'd probably expect that, but the, the highest, the highest populated stadium on average was West Ham at 99.8% apparently. So, so they're pretty much saying for every West Ham game, it was over ninety nine percent full. Chelsea's was probably quite high, wasn't it? Chelsea's was quite high. Yeah. But then th- there's another there's another story on the back of that where another report came out saying that the number was inflated oh. by about twelve percent. <laughs> oh god! Which which obviously isn't great reading, but all 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 I then think about is that the, there's empty seats. So, Surely, yeah. I don't know what you're gonna say. It's just why I just kind of think if you look at an airline, that if an airline will will pretty much give a seat away for a low price just to get a bum in that seat just to make any sort of money. Surely, any money is good money. That's, that's yeah, how I would. Why would the club yeah. not do that? If if I if I was to get a ticket for a tenner or something, I'd be much more likely to spend more money on. On sort of merchandise and shirts and things yeah, yeah. like that. Um, but football club on on the flip side of that, football clubs are selling tickets regardless of the price. Like Arsenal, it, it, if the ninety-seven quid is accurate as as the highest price ticket, people so are you ta- paying. If you take an average of that. People are people are paying it. So. <laughs> it, I just I just find it a bit. But, I find it a bit of a shame that. You can't you can't go and follow the team that you support because you just can't. Afford. I know tickets are limited. Stadiums haven't got endless capacities, but it's just such a shame that you can't you can't go and watch them. And as yeah. well, I don't I don't know if you came across this, but that there's over fifty percent of clubs would still make a profit even if they played with no fans. It's crazy, isn't it? So when you think I mean, about Leicester, it like that. <laughs> strangely, Leicester were top. Leicester were top of this table. And they they made something something crazy, like just under 77 million or something in profit. And that's how much profit they would have made as a club, even if they hadn't had one spectator at a home game. They still made that much money. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Incredible. I think Leicester was around thirty, thirty-five pound. They'll still charge thirty-five pound for a ticket. Yeah. So I I did some investigating into clubs that maybe go above and beyond for some of their fans. Um. So the 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 first one is to all Premier League clubs uh, with the away tickets. So the cap has been put on away tickets recently. Obviously, where they can't charge no more than thirty pound for an away ticket, which is quite good. Um, but obviously, away tickets are very much harder to get hold of because um, you've got a lot less of them. But Southampton actually sell their away tickets for twenty quid. I didn't know that. I thought that was pretty yeah, good. But it is. Is that not subsidised? I think Virgin Media do something for that, don't oh, they? Oh, right. And then as their sponsor, I think that which which doesn't make it any less of a good of a good thing to do, because it shows that they're trying to get people behind their team and they're trying to do the right thing by making football affordable for the fans. Um, but that that's something that all sponsors could do. I mean, yeah. they're all sort of global multi-billion-pound companies. So mm-hmm. I think. That's just something that Virgin Media is sort of leading the way. Yeah, and Liverpool. So Liverpool sells some tickets off for £9 if you live in an L postcode. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Pretty, that's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. So that's, that's more for, obviously, the local sort of fans. So if you can prove that you live in an L postcode, you can, they have some tickets available for not for a little as little as £9. And the other one that I saw, um, this is more regarding to do with season tickets. And this is Huddersfield. So when so when the new chairman took over Huddersfield in 2009, he ba- he basically said if if people who, who people who bought season tickets until they got to the Premier League, uh, they would be able to buy a season ticket for their first season in the Premier League for a hundred pounds. Uh, which obviously they did uh, six years, le- uh, seven years later. And fans who had season tickets throughout those seven years got a season ticket for £100, which I thought was quite nice. And that kind of shows a bit yeah, of loyalty yeah, to those fans. Reward, I think that's, that's a really good thing because they're rewarding the the fans that have stuck through stuck with yeah. them. When when they haven't been sort of in the top the top tier of English football, I quite but like that. But I think that's I think that's almost what that's almost what clubs are losing a little bit. I think they're they're almost moving away from from their roots from from I don't it with a lot of things in football it will split opinion um, and you will you will hear you will hear arguments from both sides and ticket prices is one I. I struggled to, to, to decide which which way I'm going to go because I I, I realise that football clubs are they they are like companies these days they do the need business, to make money it? it's so competitive but at the same time I don't I don't feel it's right that they're 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 leaving the sort of loyal die hard fans behind I mean I, I read that the the most expensive season ticket for Spurs' new stadium is like to 2200 which I, it just boggles me that that you can 
justify but, paying that sort of money. But people will pay it. That's that's the thing is yeah, that people will. are going to yeah, pay it. it. Yeah, but they will pay it. But you you can have a fan who's been who's who's followed the club for for forty plus years. That's been through thick and thin with them and ploughed a lot of their money, their hard-earned money into the club by buying tickets in the past or, like I say, buying merchandise, etc., etc. And then you have you you have someone from a corporate level that just comes comes along and buys these tickets up, for, and they're not they're not real fans. They're, they're not. No. They may be fans. I, I mean, I don't want to do anyone in that position a disservice because they some of them may be loyal Spurs fans, for example, but. But some of them, it's it's just going to watch a game of football. I could go see Oval play five times the amount it would cost me to, to get a Chelsea ticket. So, well, I know you're paying for the experience, you're paying for the players you're going to see, etc. But I just trust I, me, I, I, I've I seen. A bit sorry for the for the. For I, the I've got my money's worth sometimes at Yeovil more than I've ever got my money's worth at watching Chelsea. I think some yeah, Chelsea games I've been seeing is not great. League, it's a draw. I know, and, yeah, and I, I know. I don't necessarily think that pushing football fans back to back to lower league football, maybe to support their their local teams, is necessarily a bad thing. Um, because if, if football's supported at all levels, then then obviously it's a good thing, but. I just, I, I just feel a bit. I'm very frustrated today, Chris. I must apologise. Well, it was one of those. It was one of those topics that I think the more it, I, the more I dug deep into it, I think the more I was going to get annoyed by it. So I think I just it quite, split opinion. And it's, yeah, it's, I think just, just, just lastly on the Spurs bit. I mean, being a Spurs fan, if if you want to go and see your team play in a state-of-the-art stadium, brand-new stadium, high capacity, all these facilities, etc., etc., then I, I, guess the, I guess the reality is that you're going to have to pay to do so. Yeah. And that's, why, that's probably why prices are, are where they are. It's a shame, though. It is a shame, but I'm... Um, I guess it's the, I just guess it's the way the game's gone. I'm not I'm not I can't see them coming down anytime soon. No, no, I think so I think there's something we just got to um we will just have to live accept, with. But yeah, never mind. Anyway, that was this week's special topic on ticket prices. If you've uh, got any comments of your own, just get in touch, and uh, we'll, we'll obviously read those out and have a good read of them as well. Um, so just a bit on predictions this week. Uh, Rich, last weekend, what were the results? Yeah, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> so yes, I lost to my wife in uh, the predictions challenge. Um, so yeah, it hasn't been a, a great. I think it's probably three or four weeks for me now, but. Fingers crossed for the upcoming week. I'm hoping there's going to be a change in fortunes. Uh, so we've actually got my brother-in-law You're this paying. week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm running the risk of taking a, a proper beating. Uh, You're a brave family. man, so, I tell you that. You're a brave man. Yeah, so I, I will have my fingers crossed for this weekend's game. So, um, yeah, so... Jamie's the guest predictor this week, so we'll uh, we'll see how the weekend scores go. And fingers crossed, uh, I'll be in a better position. I'll be a happier man next week. So, uh, 
speaking of next week, uh, the topic for next week, Rich? So next week we are going to be talking about the FA Cup. Uh, So to sort of tie in with the competition that we're running, the fantasy football for the FA Cup and the draw just being made for the for the first round proper, we're gonna we're gonna have a look at the FA Cup uh, and see whether we think it's lost its magic and whether it's been overtaken by other competitions such as the Premier League and the Champions League, and uh, see if we can just revive the uh, Premier Cup competition, probably in the world actually. So yeah, the FA Cup's going to be our our special topic next week. Yeah. So. Um... Now, we also have something else uh, that you want to share, Rich, uh, the the new website, I believe. Yes, I do. So uh, some of you may know because it's been it's been out on social media. So we have had a website created, uh, which is now up and running. So you will be able to see uh, all the results from the predictions challenge. You'll be able to find out all the details with regards to the fantasy football competition we're running, all previous episodes of the podcast. And on the website as well, we've just recently launched the View from the Sideline blog. So we've got two posts on there already, one of which is about uh, transfer fees and then one also about Roman Abramovich and his time at Chelsea. So visit the website, have a read of the blogs, get involved uh, it's quite interactive, which is good. Um, so, yeah, it's gone really well. It's gone really well. It's a good addition. It's a good addition to the podcast. Okay. So, well, that, that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Uh, unless you've got anything else, Rich? I've got my answer to the teaser. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Should we should <laughs> just dust over that, I think? I thought you'd forgotten about it. I'm going with my gut. Come on, man. I'm gonna go. I can't tell you what year it was, but I, I'm gonna say Derby County. Derby County. The, the year they went down with is it seven or eleven points? Something. I can't remember how many points they had, but the fact they got like the lowest number of points. It doesn't matter anyway. You were wrong. Well, was I wrong? It's wrong. Yeah. This may shock Damn you, it. but it was Burnley was... back in 2009. They lost 17 of their, their away games. Oh, how Crazy. many points did they get? Not sure on point. They must have had good home record. <laughs> they must they have went had down. really they did, good home record. They did go down. They went down. But, uh, yeah, they lost I was, seven. I was actually pretty confident about that well, one. Well, there you go. You, you, got too, you got too confident with that one. Yeah. At least I got one right. <laughs> Yeah, Rich, Rich won't be with us next. Rich won't be with us next week. <laughs> Not if Palace lose, I won't. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is that is now all, all that we have time for this week. Um, so I will see you next week. Yep. Speak to you next week.